0: I love this time of year. Crunchy leaves under your feet, crisp, cool air, and in a few days, we'll all gather with friends and family for a huge Thanksgiving feast. Although, as I talk with many of you, a lot of us are trying to figure out if we can gather with friends and family for Thanksgiving this year, or which friends and family we can gather with, if there's some of our friends and family that maybe shouldn't come this year, or how many of us can actually gather If we even do this thing at all. Not because we're afraid, but we're trying to take care of each other. and It's a lot more challenging this year than it has been in the past, isn't it? Or for some of you, maybe your challenge is a little bit different. Maybe you're thankful that there's just a couple of days off from school. Because your challenge is trying to keep your student to stay focused in their virtual classroom. maybe as you look at the news cycle, think about everything that's happened this year, you realize the challenges that have washed over our nation and this world. Maybe your challenge this year is something you've lost or someone you've lost. Maybe for you, it's like, forget the outside world. My challenge is at home because you are more stressed than ever before. But you're also around your family more than ever before. And relationships and communication, even if you don't mean for them to, they just become challenging. And how do we find joy when life sends challenges? Because in the next few days, in the next few weeks, we're also going to be singing and hearing on the radio a lot of songs about joy to the world. So you can't miss that next line though, right? We, we heard it already. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. As Chad described as he walked through that prison, there's a message here that a king has come from heaven to earth. And as that song we just heard sang, how many kings have come down from their thrones? How many kings have abandoned their homes, gone from heaven to earth? For you, and for me. See, as we look at our Christmas cards series, Paul is sitting in prison, writing these letters to his friends to help them understand how how they can still receive joy even when life sends challenges, even the kinds of challenges that he is facing. And I think there's a lot there for you and I as well. In, In fact, in the letter that we're going to look at today, it's called Colossians because he wrote it to his friends in Colossae. Paul is going to show how part of that joy actually comes when we learn whatever's going on around us, how to live with a thankful heart. So what would it look like to, to live with a thankful heart all the time? That whatever you do, whatever you say comes from a thankful heart? Like, what would have to happen, what would have to change, what seismic event would have to occur that no matter what else was going on around you, you sit back and just say, hey, I'm still thankful. Sounds difficult, doesn't it? Sounds like one of those nice kind of self-help things. You know, One small change that'll transform your life. Live with a thankful heart. And you try it for a couple of days. (laughs) You mean to be thankful all day, But life is busy and there's a lot going on and a lot of different things enter your head and you realize after a day or two you don't feel like you're really doing that after all and it ends up on the pile with 200 other one simple things that could totally transform your life. Whatever you do, everything you say to live with a thankful heart and yet that is exactly what Paul writes in this letter. In fact, I think our key verse for today comes from his letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, and it's verse 17 where he writes, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever it is in word or deed, to be able through that to give thanks, to be thankful. To live with a thankful heart. Now you'll notice that there's a critical piece of this for Paul that that we'll unpack a little bit more. But he actually says that all of that happens in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that all of it happens through him. Now that's a big claim. And it's one that maybe if you're kicking the tires on Christianity, you, you wonder, is that really the difference maker? Because here's Paul sitting in prison, falsely accused falsely imprisoned his education his career his influence for all intent and purposes gone and he says in the midst of that live with a thankful heart because of jesus i mean in all of that to be thankful or maybe he's delusional (laughs) self-delusional maybe he's trying to talk himself into this but for paul there is something unique about Jesus. There is something unique about the message of Christmas and the one that it's named after, Christmas, that makes this uniquely possible in whatever you do, in word or deed. In fact, if you back up just a couple of sentences, this same paragraph in the letter, he had just finished telling them about peace. Another one of those things we talk about at Christmas. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And we'll talk more about peace in a couple of weeks, but the idea that he's painting for them here is that they can have peace with God, peace with others, peace in their circumstances. And yet, look at what he adds to the end and be thankful. So, although it may almost seem too simple, one of the key ways that I think God is offering us to receive joy in the midst of life's challenges, to really live with a thankful heart, is to be thankful. You saw that one coming, didn't you? (laughs) Only I want you to hear this a little bit differently. Like, don't hear this like the scowling parent who, you know, maybe it's you or maybe it was your parents that when you seem to be complaining a little bit, they say, yeah, well, well, I work hard for this family and you should be thankful when I was your age. Don't hear it like that. Hear it more like the encouraging friend. As if a friend were sitting down across from you and maybe they ask you a, a, a difficult question like, what can you be thankful for in the year 2020? Well, you realize the instruction to be thankful forces you to stop and think. I don't know about you, but for me, it's, it's a lot easier to focus on what hasn't gone well, what's been frustrating, what I don't like, what's changed that was out of my control, especially because we've all gotten so used to um, just the stress and the frustration of this year than it is to stop and think, what am I thankful for? See, for Paul this becomes more than just an activity. For Paul, this becomes an identity. That to say to be thankful means I am a thankful person. He believes that happens through Jesus, and he believes that that's the difference between just saying, well, you got to try to have an attitude of gratitude. Hey, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Well, you know, you just got to be thankful for the little things. And now all of those have an element of truth in them. But for Paul, this goes deeper. That even if all of those things come back empty, even if all of the circumstances around me feel like they're all bad all the time, there's something greater than that. There's a bigger picture for which I can still be thankful. You know, my friend Ray uh, helps organize a global charity. But on top of that, he's also just a father and a husband, and a grandfather, and a really good friend. And he's had a lot of success in his career in multiple organizations from the top level of multiple organizations that have a global impact. And as much as he's enjoyed it, as successful as he's been, he's realized that even in the midst of that, he will still struggle with fear, worry, frustration, anxiety, discontent, and I'm like, okay, Ray, me too, (laughs) so Ray and I got to talking about this, and I was shocked by one of the things he said that helped him that was so simple, every day before he goes to bed, he takes a little notebook that sits next to his bed, and he writes three things that he's thankful for, three things from that day that he's thankful for, and sometimes there's good things that happen, and it's, you know, I'm thankful for this new position, thankful for that new hire, thankful for this time with my grandkids. Other times he's found that on his most difficult days, when he can't think of anything circumstantial to be thankful for, he is still able to say, I'm thankful that God loves me. Because no matter what changes around him, something like that hasn't changed. That that helps Ray to say, I am A thankful person. So I want you to look at those words again. Because I think that is the idea when he's saying, be thankful. That it's much more than an activity. It actually becomes an identity. That when I stop to think about it, when I stop to talk to God about it, I realize that despite the challenges that life may send, God actually wants to offer me things that I can be thankful for whatever is happening around me. So that whatever I do in word or deed, I can experience the peace of God and be thankful. So maybe I'm just revealing a little too much about myself, but why is it so hard to do that? Why is it so hard to just be thankful I think part of it, part of it probably comes because of our circumstances. Difficult things happen to us, we don't enjoy them, and it makes it easier to focus on the negative or the painful than to step back and and just be thankful. I, I think part of it, at least for me, it probably is a contentment issue. That actually if I looked at my life, I do have a lot of good things. I do have a lot to be thankful for. I do have people who care about me and love me and check in on me. But there's also all this other stuff that I want. (laughs) And so it's easy to miss the good things over here because I'm thinking about even more. And so sometimes it's a contentment thing. But let's flip this whole thing on its head because I think there's another angle that shows up here that actually may be even trickier than those. I think sometimes when somebody gives us a good gift, it's hard to be thankful because we have a hard time just receiving it. I know I might just be speaking for myself, but sometimes when somebody does something good for me, when somebody offers me that just a total gift, I still feel like I've got to earn it somehow. I still feel like I've got to make up for it somehow. It's a perfect example of this. A couple of weeks ago, my wife caught me on this one. A friend of ours was helping us try to find a new vehicle for our family. We got four kids, we got a dog, and we got a lot of gear. So we're looking for the stow-and-go seating in the minivan. (laughs) And I'm hunting for the right deals and the right car and all this stuff. And one of my friends here at Horizon, a guy that I'm actually in a group study with, was just a massive help to us. He is like the car guru. And actually, the vehicle we ended up with, he's the one that found it. He might have even put more time into this than I did. And man, I just... I was so thankful and I'm talking to my wife one day and I'm like, I gotta think of like, how, how could I do him a favor? I, I gotta find a way to pay him back or, or maybe I send him a gift card or is there something I could do to help him out because he helped me out. And she looks at me and she's like, do you think that's why he did it? How about, how about this? Why don't you just be thankful? And I think that's hard for us because we're used to earning it. Right, And we like the idea that we've worked hard for something. That I got that job because I put in the time. I got that promotion because I put in the time. I had that success because I worked for it. I was the first one there. I'm the last one to leave. And I can show you exactly why I ended up in the good place that I ended up. And there's something good to that. Having a strong work ethic is important. But here's what I think happens, at least for me, and maybe you feel this, sometimes we end up Attributing that to God. And what I mean is that the Bible talks about a lot of things. Peace, joy, forgiveness. That God just wants to give to you. And a lot of times we can feel like, well, I've got to prove to God that I was worth it. I'll accept the gift, but first I've got to fix these things in my life or do those things or, or have enough good deeds to feel like, Yes, I'm worthy of that. Yes, I, I can receive that from you. I need to ask enough questions before I decide if I really want to take that gift or not. And, and maybe once I've given it, then I say, well, well, thank you, God. I'm going to prove to you that I deserved this. So here's what I love about what Paul is saying in his letter. Look at his next words. Instead of earn it, watch what he says about these gifts from God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, which are spiritual songs from the Old Testament, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So now we're talking about thankful hearts. He's talked about having peace in your heart, and now he says, sing with grace in your heart. You see, grace is the opposite of earn it. In fact, sometimes you'll hear this word defined as unmerited favor. A gift that is given, not because we deserve it, not because we earn it. It's a gift. And God's grace is forgiveness to us. That is what he's offering now that takes a little bit of an explanation because he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So well, what is the word of Christ? Well, the idea of grace is all wrapped up in the word of Christ. Essentially, it's the message of Christ. The message of christ mess. It's why he was here. It's why this king came from heaven to earth. Because all of us, the Bible would describe as Sinners. Now, that's a word that essentially means we have missed the mark of God's perfect standard. And because of that, we are separated from him. And sometimes we just miss the mark a little bit. You know, sometimes we're we're trying really hard to hit the mark and we just miss. Other times we're not even trying because I don't think I like what God says about that. I don't even know if God is real and I I don't think I want to do it that way and I don't want to believe that thing. I, I want to do it my way. My selfish way, my lustful way, my angry way, my gossiping way, my lying way. You know, and we give in to those things. And it's easy for us to compare ourselves to others and say, well, I mean, nobody's perfect, but at least I'm not like that. But the word of Christ is that it's true, nobody's perfect, and that none of us find our way back to God without that free gift that he calls grace. In fact, the word grace comes from the Greek word charis. So I just want you to stick that in the back of your mind. Grace, charis. You can hear how closely they are even translated into English. Grace, charis, grace, charis. Because grace, that is the message of Christmas. You know, when you see those little scenes with a, a father and a mother and a newborn baby in a manger... That's grace, that as much as we sing about baby Jesus, what we're really talking about is God in the flesh, the king from heaven to earth, to offer you peace, to offer you forgiveness, to offer you joy, no matter what happens around you, through his grace, his unmerited favor, a gift that we didn't deserve and we don't have to earn. See, that is why We can be thankful. But I want to tweak that for you just a little bit. Because it's not only to be thankful. I think that the second thing that Paul would give us, in addition to being thankful, beginning to have an identity where I know that regardless of circumstances, I can be a thankful person. The other side of that is to give thanks. Uh, Okay, what's the difference? (laughs) It's subtle, but, but I want you to think about this. In our family, we have a tradition. When we sit down at the Thanksgiving table, maybe you've got something a little bit like this. Maybe it's the only time of the year that this happens for some of us that we actually stop and try to think of something that we're thankful for. And we'll go around the table and everybody has to say something that they're thankful for in the past year. Now, if you really want to up the difficulty level, tell people they can't be thankful for family, friends, food, or their house. (laughs) Because, of course, we're thankful for those things. Try harder. Think deeper. But I noticed a couple years ago that as we went around the table, we were all saying things we were thankful for, and a lot of those were related to something someone had done for us. A gift, a word of kindness, being there in a moment that we needed them, giving us a job, you know, whatever that was... forgiveness from God. We were saying, I'm thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for this person, that word of encouragement. And it struck me with a lesson that I learned when I was a kid. There was a lot of times that grandma would send me money for my birthday. And I would be so thankful. And I would spend the money and uh, not send a thank you card. I know, it's terrible. (laughs) But it got me thinking... There's another element to this, right? It's not just to be thankful, it's to give thanks. That if I'm thankful for that birthday money, tell grandma that I'm thankful. You know, if I'm thankful for something this year, tell that person that I'm thankful. If I've received peace or forgiveness or joy or contentment, even in the midst of challenges, can I give thanks to God for that? Did you tell that person? Did you tell God? In fact, I think that's why in these verses, if you come back to verse 17, we looked at this one before, but I want you to catch this again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. So it's both an identity that, that in Christ, through his forgiveness, we always have something to be thankful for, that I can just live that I am a thankful person, but also to reflect that back to him, by giving thanks. You know, another thing that sometimes happens at that Thanksgiving table is someone will ask you to say grace, right? You sit down and all the food is there and you're ready to dig in and somebody says, you know, to grandpa or to mom or to one of the kids, somebody, would you say grace for the meal? Now, why would they say that? What do you mean say grace? If grace is unmerited favor, am I supposed to give presents now or just like, grace. There, I said it. (laughs) Well, if you've ever heard anybody use that phrase, what always comes after that is some kind of blessing over the meal, some kind of thankfulness for the meal, some kind of prayer or something. And the reason for that, this is some really good Thanksgiving trivia for you. So even if you have to gather on Zoom this year, you can use this to impress your family and friends. Or maybe not, but I'm going to share it anyway. It's because the word grace Remember I told you it comes from the root "caris." Well, we actually have multiple English words that all come from that same Greek root. In fact, thanks, grace, and charity all come from the word charis. You can hear it in grace, charis, "grace," But charis, charity is another word that comes from caris and in fact thanks is actually eu caris in fact in some traditions the last supper that jesus had with his followers before he died on the cross to pay our death penalty and rise again is called eucharist eu caris literally the last meal that he had with his followers before dying so that they could have forgiveness, peace, love, and joy forever is called the thanks meal. See, here's why all of those come from the same word. Because grace is a gift of unmerited favor. Not something you have to earn, not something you have to take, something you are given. And when somebody gives you a good gift like grace it makes you thankful it makes you give thanks and when somebody gives you a good gift and you realize that there's nothing you've done to deserve it it's it's just their grace to you you are so thankful you feel such grace that now you want to give that grace to others and so that's charity that when I receive grace I am so thankful that I want to show it to others through charity That's actually where that word comes from then that now I want to go and give gifts to others. Whether they deserve it or not, whether they've earned it or not, I just want to show grace the way that I have been shown grace. See, that's why this thanks comes through whatever our circumstances are because even if I don't like my circumstances, even if my circumstances aren't good, I know that whatever is happening to me, God still loves me, Jesus still forgives me, And he is with me no matter what happens. If I have chosen to follow him as my king that came from heaven to earth. See, that's why the Christmas season becomes such a time of charity. That's why we talk about this so much. And, and, And... I know there's other pieces that come into play here, like, you know, we close the books December 31st, and this is good for balancing out taxes, and all that different kind of stuff comes into play. But the reality of why this has been the season of giving for hundreds of years is because of the core message of the Bible, the core message of Christmas, that Jesus came to give grace. And that people who respond in thankfulness, we want to pass it on. You know, Paul was sitting in prison as he wrote these letters. You saw Chad walking through a prison earlier. And for many of us, sometimes the challenges of our life feel maybe not like a literal prison, but like a figurative one. Is it possible, even in those moments, to receive that gift from God, but also to extend it in the midst of his challenges, Paul is so thankful for what God has done for him that he's also passing it on through these letters that, that we're looking at, you know, like Christmas cards because the truth within them is so based on the Christmas message. I would challenge you to think that way this season. You know, maybe, maybe there are places that you like to give, you know, charities that you care a lot about, and this is a time of year that you like to do that. You know, I actually have a couple of friends, guys that I, I sit in a group study with, Mike and Ken, who have taken this prison thing to heart. And they, at least pre-COVID, would actually go into a juvenile detention center, a place where kids have made mistakes big enough that most of the people in their lives think life is already over. You've missed your chance, you screwed it up. We're done with you. And now here come these two guys who have no reason to be here. They don't know any of these kids, except they know Jesus. They're thankful for God's grace. And they want to give it away if they can. To encourage these kids, to to talk to them, to tell them it is still possible to make more out of your life. You know, to tell them that, hey, we don't even know you And we choose to love you. Imagine how God feels towards you, his own creation. That there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's joy and peace available no matter what challenges you're facing, even within a prison. In fact, one of the ways that we do that kind of charity around here at Horizon this time of year, one of the ways that that we share God's grace is through what we call the giving tree. And I love this because if you're here in person, it's out in the foyer, you can grab a mitten off the tree. You know, you can check out horizoncc.com/tree if you're watching online and actually choose an ornament, buy a gift to help a family or a child in need. <laughs> Not because I just like to pat myself on the back or feel like a good person this time of year, but because, because we have so much to be thankful for that we can pass some of that on. That God has been so good to us that we want to share the grace. And in fact, one of the things that I love that we've been able to do this year, so fitting as we think about Paul sitting in prison, writing letters, is we've actually been paired up with 100 prisoners. Guys who are sitting in prison who need a word of encouragement, a word of hope, that we have Christmas cards at that table. We've made it really simple. Christmas cards all set to go, even a picture of the person that you're writing to. So you know you're writing to a real person. Somebody that maybe you just write a simple Merry Christmas, just a word of hope to them as they face the challenges in their lives and need to hear grace that they can be thankful for. So please, you know, check that out if that's something that's on your mind. Because for me, what what becomes so important about that is it's not just, hey, it's Christmas, hey, it's Thanksgiving, I guess I'm supposed to do this kind of thing. But to stop and reflect that because of the good gift that God has offered me, because of grace, I am thankful. I give thanks, not only back to God, but by extending that to others. So I think my key takeaway today, and and maybe it can be one for you too, you you think about that going around the Thanksgiving table. Maybe this year, maybe just you, as you sit and think for yourself, maybe as you sit with family, could we upgrade thankful for to thankful to? That when you realize those things you have to be thankful for, we take the active step of giving thanks to someone. You know, maybe for you, that's to think about. You know, who can you give thanks to this year? Maybe somebody spoke an encouraging word to you at just the right time. You know, made a phone call when you thought that they had forgotten you. Encouraged you as you were facing one of the challenges of this year, and you could reach back out to that person and just say thanks. Or, Or who could you extend grace to this year? Who could you show unmerited favor to? You know, maybe it's through a gift of charity. Maybe it's offering forgiveness to somebody where that relationship has been challenging. Maybe this year, maybe this week, maybe today, you think about what can you thank God for? In just a couple minutes, we'll hear a closing song about a guy who kind of had big plans for his life and multiple times along the way, the, the things that he thought were gonna work out didn't work out, and he was bummed. And yet now as he looks back on his life from a few decades later, he realizes that God had a better plan for him all along. And he's learned to say, thank God. So let's pray that way. And then as you listen to that final song, maybe you think of someone you can give thanks to, maybe someone you can show grace to, maybe something that you want to just receive from God today. God, we do just want to thank you. And I think I w- I would want to say that we do that through Jesus right now. Thank you that the king came from heaven to earth when he didn't have to, to offer us forgiveness. God, I don't know who's watching or, or listening or, or sitting this morning and thinking that that that's something that they haven't just received from you before, that maybe today is a day that they want to do that for the first time. God, if they speak to you and say, thank you for your forgiveness, I thank you that you hear them. Lord, whatever our challenges are, I ask that you would be with us in this season, comfort us as so much as in turmoil and up for grabs, that in all of it, we might just turn back to you and say, thank you, God. Amen.